I'd hope that you've been keeping well, and I know that you know, there's definitely challenges in our state, isn't there? Just with the, all the smoke and all of that from the fires, I hope that you've been praying for the Lord to intervene with the, with the weather, and I think um, most, uh, most of the places around that are affected, um, they're saying that there's really nothing humanly possible that, that people can do. And, um, you know, so I, I think as, a, as Christians, we can <clears throat> certainly do our bit just to, to pray and, and really seek the Lord that He would just send some, some rain. Um, just wanted to also update the church. I think I sent through, or some others have sent through, a text today. Um, Brother Naranjan had elective surgery today regarding his, uh, his heart. And, you know, a couple of years ago, four years ago, he had a heart attack and, um, and just a severe one. But um, he had some tests late last week. And at first, they didn't found any, uh, find any abnormalities. But uh, upon looking a bit further, they did recognize that there was probably a need to, to put in two, two other stints. So they did that today, um, and that went well. But evidently, he was allergic to, um, he had an allergic reaction, almost like a, um, just an allergic reaction to uh, some sort of medicine that they gave him, and he, he swelled up both internally and on his face and, and so forth, and was in a lot of pain. So that caused, obviously, a bit of concern. And so we just went to see him this afternoon. He's in good spirits, and the swelling's already starting to go down. Um, and the doctor, again, affirmed that the, the actual uh, stints and all of that went well. But just continue to pray for him, you know, and uh, he thanks those who did pray through the day. And I know that we probably couldn't get to everyone today as far as sending a text. But if you would just continue to pray for him, I'm sure he, he'd appreciate that. And um, pray for the girls as well. Uh, Sarai and Shemai, they fly back um, tomorrow morning, and then they should be here on, on Friday as well. So, so just pray for the family. Uh, Sister Deidre obviously is, is uh, trying to keep strong and, and try to be encouragement to, uh, to her husband. So just continue to pray for them. And um, they're both in good spirits and thank the church for, for praying. Um, but uh, please just continue to pray. And, and if there's any, anything else, then we'll certainly send out a text tomorrow. But if you could look at Romans chapter 12, please, this evening, to continue our series on, on face-off, um, dealing with uh, well-intentioned problem people or critics. And we look here in, in verses 17, right down to the end of the chapter, verse 21, Romans chapter 12, verse 17, notice what the Bible says, recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And to me, this, this passage of Scripture, you know, there's, there's so much in, the, in Romans chapter 12, but the, the ending of it, I think for me, as, as I read through that, 
really sets apart the way Christians should deal with, with the, the tough things of life. It's what sets Christianity apart from all of the other belief systems because um, it really flies in the face of human nature. It flies in the face of how we would probably look to deal with conflict in our lives. Um, you note there that there's, there's a lot of language that really sends out care for those that are in opposition to us. And, and, and what we see there is really just, just the, 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 the difference between uh, biblical Christianity and, and really everything else. Uh, it, this kind of language isn't read in any other kind of um, ancient writing. In fact, most would say that you would just have to force the issue. And yet what we find here is as you read through that, right from the very first verse we read recompense to no man evil for evil. And then again saying don't avenge of yourselves. He's saying that leave it in God's hand. And all of that is, is really to, to aid us in, again, God's mindset about how to deal with issues, how to deal with criticism, how to deal with problems. And, and so tonight I want to give you some thoughts on, on dealing with problems and, and critics and, and just some strategies that we can perhaps incorporate in, in how to deal with that. So we've looked at David and Shimei and looked at an overview. We, last week we looked at evaluating the criticism. What if the criticism is right? And, and by the way, I hope that we've just pondered that a little bit. Because again, often when we deal with it, it's generally with the assumption that we are right. And then with, without any kind of regard of the fact that we could possibly be wrong and they could possibly be right. And so I want to give some undergirding principles to apply when you're facing problems with people. And then next week we'll, we'll be more practical, but, but really tonight is the principles that we're going to learn. And if, again, you see verse 17 and verse 21. He says, Recompense to no man evil for evil. And then verse 21, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. So how do we, how do we respond then? How do we then deal with criticism? The first principle I want to bring out here is don't fight venom with venom. Or don't fight fire with fire. And you know, it's very easy it's very easy for us to respond um, with just as much venom as what's been given to us. You know, uh, we, we then start to think about some of the things that the Lord allowed and actually called for in the law, you know, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Suddenly all of those kinds of scripture comes to mind. And, and yet what we find here in, in God's advice uh, regarding our conduct as believers, is that we ought not to fight venom with venom. And here's a principle, don't, don't become a serpent because you got bitten by one. And, and what tends to happen is when we get criticized, we become critical ourselves. When those that we, um, you know, we have an association with suddenly turn perhaps against us, and suddenly we hear things that we don't like to hear, 
the temptation there and the mistake that we make is we then fire back with the same brute force as they may have. And, you know, no one likes to, no one likes to deal with that. But, but there's just something in us when we feel like we've been harshly treated that then we adopt the same method and harshly treat others. And so don't fight venom with ven- venom. Purpose in your heart that you're not going to repay this venom with venom, that you're going to see what God will do. And, and that's what we saw there. He, he said, um, recompense to no man evil. And then later on he says, dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. And, and he's saying there, trust God in this. Trust, trust that the Lord will, will work this through. Trust that He will give you the wisdom to be able to respond correctly. And so don't fight venom with venom. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11, the discretion of a man deferreth his anger, and it is, it is his glory to pass over a transgression. So he's saying there that the, our discretion, discretion is when we think through some things, and we, de- we decide based on principle. The discretion of a man deferreth his anger. That means he puts it away. It says, and it is his glory to pass over transgression. You know, sometimes what we like to do is, you know, because we feel and we believe we've been mistreated, then that gives us a, really a free pass to just mistreat the other person. And yet God's telling us that it's actually wisdom to pass over that. It's actually wisdom to, to have some discretion there and to think through it and not fight venom with venom. In James 1.19, the Bible says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. And so actually you should be slow to respond to those things. Um, you know how, I don't know if you've ever seen maybe a, a snake documentary. No one likes to watch snakes, I don't think. Unless you're like a, a little boy. You know, my, my boys, whenever we go to the zoo, they just love snakes. I don't get the appeal. I don't know. But they just love to see them slithering and all of that. But I don't think they've ever seen them respond to an attack. You know, they just get their fangs out and suddenly they strike back. And just as quick as lightning, they, they retort or they, they go on the counter attack. And sometimes that's how we are when we respond to criticism. And yet the principle that the Bible shares with us is that we ought not to fight venom with venom. Uh, the Bible tells us a man that's slow to anger, who's in control of his spirit, is mightier than he that takes a city, in Proverbs chapter 19, uh, 16. And, and you know what? The, the problem is so many Christians become so disillusioned with church and disillusioned with their fellowship with other brethren, and the only reason is because they retorted with venom. And, and we're, not even, we're not even here really... We're past evaluating whether you're right or wrong. In both cases, we shouldn't retort with any kind of venom. Because because when we do that, there's a lack of demonstration of our trust in God. And so so we we ought to look at that and don't fight venom with venom. But then in, in saying that, we do have to get to the point where we don't run away from the conflict. And Here's the second principle, don't live in fear, face the conflict. And, you know, you can't just ignore 
things. That's also not right. I think we've already discussed that. And, and I think none of us here, no one likes conflict. I don't think anyone likes conflict, especially when it's relationship. You know, we'd rather sweep it under the rug. We'd rather let it just fester and let it boil. And, and rather than dealing with it from a, from a very foundational point of view. Um, and so here's the point I'm making. You know, it might be awkward. It might be uncomfortable. But don't try and run away from it. You, you must eventually face it. I think about, uh, I think about um, Jacob. You know, Jacob, he, he did wrong, didn't he, by, by Esau? We, we understand God permitted it, and in fact, he even foretold of it. But remember, eventually, Jacob wanted to go back, and he realized he had a, all, these, all these people now that it was his family. And remember the story, he goes and he hears that Esau is coming to meet him. Remember that story? And um, he starts to panic. He starts to then concoct other ways of which he could avoid Esau. Um, and for all those years, they never dealt with the issue. They never understood where each other stood. And so they just went about and they... And, and there, what Jacob was doing, he was living in fear. And yet, what happened? He wrestled with the angel of the Lord, really a Christophany, a manifestation of Christ prior to his incarnation. And he wrestles, and he then has his thigh, right? And, he, he's, and the angel told him, because Jacob wouldn't let him go, you're, you're, you're not only going to have power with God, you're going to have power with men. And what God did is empowered Jacob to be able not to live in fear, but to actually to face the conflict. You understand? And so it might be in our minds where we just run away from it. But actually many times God will bring us to a place of conflict where we just face up to the issue. And it's like that even in a marriage situation. You know, maybe there's just some things that have gone awry between in, in a marriage and maybe a lack of communication. That's, that's, a, that's a typical one, isn't it? And, and maybe there's just some things that have been left unsaid. And you know what we do? We try to just sleep it off. <laughs> and then the next morning it's still there. And things are getting worse by the day when really you should have just said something that, that you should have just said the thing that upset you in the first place. And, and ladies, can I help you with this? Men aren't mind readers. All right, we, we, we would rather know. And yes, there might be a bit of awkwardness there because no man especially likes to be confronted with a criticism from his wife. But we'd rather know than try to guess. All right, and so, so th sometimes you just got to come to that place of not living in fear of a response but actually face the conflict. Napoleon said this, never let your enemy choose the battlefield. And many times we, we allow the other to choose the, the terms. And in verse 18, he says this, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. And you know, many times we, we sort of read that 
And we dis- discount or disregard that part about as much as lieth in you. And, and you know what that part is actually? It, it's this exhaust every way. And sometimes the only way is to face up to it. Sometimes the only way is to just talk. Just be honest. Just be upright. And so don't live in, in fear, face a conflict. All right? And, um, you know, the steps to that, you've got to check your heart. You've got to check that your own motives and you, you're clear yourself. But then you, you should go to that person directly. Don't go around about. Don't try to find out from others how they feel. Go to them yourself. Okay, that is the Bible pattern. And so when, when all of that grace and admonitions have failed, and we might need to do something else, then we, we can't just still live in fear. We've got we've to come to a point of, of just con- confrontation. And, um, you know, even in a church setting, a, a healthy congregation leadership uh, doesn't allow one or two cranky or critical members to set the direction, all right, or, or change its mission. And, and there, there needs to be a time where we just, just talk about it. And, and it's not, it's, it's sometimes you've got to be nice but firm. And that happens in a family situation, maybe a child who's critical of some rules or is critical of, of certain things, and, and they're going through it, and they're not really understanding. You know, sometimes what, what we as parents do is we just get mad. We're just, then we hold it against our children, when actually you could just sit down and talk about it. And so, again, don't live in fear, okay? Face the conflict. Thirdly, you know, it's not always a matter of right or wrong. It's not always a matter of right or wrong. Okay, issues are never issues, just issues. They, they can be elevated to spiritual things or reasons. When Can I just say, so when sometimes they, they aren't, in this sense, it may be just be a, a preference it may just be that you just have liberty in that to choose either way. So actually, it's, it's not always a matter of right or wrong. You remember at the beginning, you know, Satan's goal was really to get two people to believe their actions would make them like God's. And so he was trying to get them to think that their thinking was the will of God. And, and so there was confusion. Because they never actually understood the will of God. They just presumed that what they were thinking was the will of God. And, and you know, sometimes here's what we do. We, we don't like a, a direction or a situation or a choice. And here's what we presume. My choice was the will of God. They are out of the will of God. My choice was. And actually, that happens in a, even in a, in a parent, older, young person relationship. And, and you know, as parents, we, we understand there's, God gives us a certain wisdom, and He gives us responsibility to direct and help our children. But listen, there comes to a point where really, if you've done your job as a, as a parent, 
then that child themselves can find the will of God for themselves. And maybe they don't make that same option as you would like. And, and it's not a matter of right or wrong there. It's just a matter of someone needed to discern the will of God for themselves. And, and sometimes we've just got to understand that. And, and you know, what we do is we get cross because we've presumed that what we think is what God's will is. Well, actually, it's not always. Because guess what? Just like anyone else, we can make a mistake. We're not all-knowing. And, and so we've got to understand that. And, you know, uh, even as a, as a pastor, there's certain things where, and I, I remember in the past, we've had young people who, you know, they've counseled with me and said, oh, well, I'm thinking about this and my counsel has been a little bit different. But I know that young person enough that I know they're walking with God. I know they're seeking other counsel. And so I've just let them make that decision. I didn't personally like it. You know, I'm thinking about a couple of our, our young men who, who grew up with, with Brother EJ. And, you know, they made a choice that I, I felt like it was the will of God for them. And I actually thought it was the will of God for Brother EJ too. And I remember he made a choice that was a bit, I wasn't 100% supportive of. I was his youth pastor back then. But I knew enough that he would walk with, he walks with God. So I just trusted that God knows his own and God can communicate to his own people that I'm not the, the high priest in that relationship, right? And, and it worked out. It did. And, and you know, sometimes we can get, because we, it's in our jurisdiction, it's within our scope of influence, and sometimes we, we say something that we believe to be the will of God, and then someone else discerns differently, and sometimes we get cross with that person when, when there's no need. It wasn't a, actually a matter of right or wrong. It was just a matter of someone needed to follow the will of God. And so, it's not always a matter of right or wrong. You know, the Bible tells us in Galatians 6, uh, 5.15, but if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. And what happens is, is sometimes we over-spiritualize, we, rather than just taking it at face value. Okay, not every problem has to be a spiritual one. Okay, keep everything in perspective. Sometimes good people disagree. And we need to refrain uh, from terming everything as, as, you know, you have the godlier position. And, and you better be careful to presume the mind of God about certain things. You just better just be careful to presume what God's mind is in, in that matter. And, and can I just give you some news tonight? You're not perfect, and neither am I. So it's okay. It's okay to consider the other's position. And, and actually, it's okay to disagree. It's okay to still disagree and still be friends and still be brethren and still actually smile and enjoy each other's company. It's not about that. And, and you know, there's, there's certain things I believe we have liberty and we have preferences. So really, it's not our position to judge God's servant. And, and, and we got to remember that, that, you know, there's jurisdictions that God gives us. You know, my jurisdiction 
as the pastor of the church is to oversee the work of God. But, but your jurisdiction, you, you men in the church who have a family, your family is your jurisdiction, not mine. I can help you, but I can't decide for you. You've got to discern the will of God for your life. You've got to, you've got to make choices. And, and so I, I don't overstep that. Keep in your lane. And here's, here's what it is. You aren't always the ultimate decision maker in everything that's, that's in front of you. And, and sometimes you're going to disagree, but guess what? Just, it's fine. It's not, a, it's, it's not what you think it is. So it's not always a matter of right or wrong. Fourthly, fourthly, learn what you can from the opposition. And, and sometimes we miss the fact that we can learn something even, though, though, even from those who oppose us. And, and I think some critics are good and needed. The Bible tells us faithful are the wounds of a friend. And I'll tell you what, I'm glad for friends who know how to wound me. I'm glad. There's been many times where my friends have left me bleeding, but it's what I needed. It was spiritual elective surgery, and I had to choose how I responded to it. And so it's okay sometimes, and you, you got to, again, going back to last week's uh, lesson, you got to discern, you know, if, if that criticism is right or wrong. But, you know, some are not good or needed. Some are just downright malicious and hurtful. You know, I, I spoke last week about my first week pastoring. And that Sunday night, straight away, I had an anonymous letter slipped under my, my, my door. And, you know, they had already, they, after one Sunday, already made up their mind, oh, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna ruin this church. And, and, but what, the, what I didn't tell you was actually my first week as youth pastor, I got, I got one as well. Back when we had the school, I, my first week, I had one as well, and I had several anonymous letters. <laughs> and can I just say how cowardly, because then I can't respond. You know what I did with it? Ripped it up. <laughs> I just ripped it up. No name, no consideration. But, you know, there's been others who named themselves, and I paid attention. Because there was, there was slivers of truth, and it was helpful. But you've got to learn. And, and again, we're, we're predisposed to want to quickly defend ourselves, to want to just quickly avenge ourselves. And so we've got to take great care of that and, and understand. You can learn, from, learn what you can from the opposition um, again, in both cases, whether it's faithful wounds or malicious and hurtful wound, uh, words, when we resolve to trust the Lord, there are learning moments. And think about this. Remember Saul and David. Remember initially David was well-liked by Saul. He, in fact, he came in and he was his armor-bearer for a while. He, he played the harp and helped him with the, uh, with the evil spirit from the Lord, all of that. And so David was well-liked by Saul, 
But then remember the story, David comes in, he fights a great battle, and they sing, ascribe greater numbers to David than they did to Saul, and Saul gets jealous. And, and throughout the rest of their lives, Saul was chasing David. And Saul was, was a great, uh, just, just a great critic. He, he was hurtful, and he wanted to literally wound David. But you know, out of that, David grew. Out of that, David understood how to trust God. Out of that, David found himself in a cave more often than not. And in those moments, God taught him some things. In fact, they're recorded all over the Psalms, what he learned. And, and sometimes when we don't face up to, to, to opposition or criticism, we, we then... We then rob ourselves of the learning that could be there. And then lastly, and really quickly, remember, failure is not fatal. Because here's what I'm saying. Maybe, maybe you have had a critic in your life. And maybe you've not responded well. Welcome to the club. <laughs> All right. I'll be the first one. Welcome to the club. You, failure, though, is not fatal. Maybe you've allowed the critic to win. Maybe you can't sleep. You're insecure. You've got a broken relationship with that person. Maybe you just have a, have a bitterness toward them. But remember, failure is not fatal. Okay, when failure happens, they can teach us. Okay, they, they, they remind us that we belong to God that God is still in control and God is quick to forgive. They, they show us it's not all about one thing. And maybe you misread a situation. Maybe you misread a text. Anyone been there? <laughs> maybe you misread an email and read some tones into it. Anyone else been there? And maybe all of those and you misread it and you ended up hurting a good relationship. But can I just tell you, fail, failure is not fatal. You, you can still get back up. See, by nature, only one failure can be fatal. But you know what? We have many of them. So they aren't that fatal. <laughs> In fact, the Bible tells us that a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. And, and so maybe even if it was this week, maybe it's this, been this year and it's just wrecked your year. Maybe you've had some real downtimes because you've not responded well. Maybe you've even fought venom with venom. But can I just encourage you tonight? Maybe you've failed, but it's not the end. Maybe learn from it. Maybe, maybe get enough character to, to humble yourself and just apologize. Just respond that way. And remember, don't take vengeance because vengeance is of the Lord. He'll work it out. You know, maybe you have been wronged. But, but don't let that hurt cause you to hurt others. Don't, don't read into it. Don't make it the, don't make it the beam that you, you then judge everyone else's moat with. Because at the end of the day, God is gracious to all of us. 
At the end of the day, he's been patient with all of us. At the end of the day, he's slow to anger. And he's full of mercy. And he's quick to forgive. All right, let's pray. Father God, just thank you again for our opportunity to, to open your word. And Father, thank you for the, the principles we gleaned from it. Lord, we just need you to, to undertake for us. I know, Lord, that many times we are prone to defend ourselves, prone to think, Lord, without, without your, your perspective, your sight about it. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us in those moments to just be under the, the Spirit's control and, and perhaps even to be reminded of these things that we've learned about tonight. So I pray that you'd help us, Lord, as we head into, um, head into the rest of this evening. As we pray, may we honor you in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen.